title of my sermon today is Don't Threaten Me. Uh, Don't Threaten Me. Uh, We are living in a time uh, that is going so fast and so rapid, and it's become almost impossible to be a Christian or to speak up for what you believe without getting attacked. Uh, Somebody say, oh, oh, here he goes with this, and and, and this is going to, now he's going to say something political, and now he's going to, no, 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 listen, I'm talking about like, I read a lot on social media or, or, I'll, or I'll be subscribed to a blog and there's opportunities for comments to take place underneath those articles. And I'll go on a Christian article and I'll go and read the thing. And, and I'm telling you over the, over the, and it's gone quickly the last couple of years, the hate and the threats and the violence and the insults that you see that are aimed towards Christians, it's getting faster and hotter than it ever has before. Can I get an Amen. And the only reason I'm bringing that up today is because if you're a Christ follower, if you're a part of the the move of God and you want to see his kingdom come, you're going to have to get yourself in a position to learn how to respond to that. Are you with me today? It's like we're in this battle, which we're going to talk about in a minute. And I want you to think about this. There is no neutral. There is no middle. As a matter of fact, God says he hates lukewarmness. And so what I'm trying to say is if, if you think that like somehow you can just skip the intensity, like, oh, you know what? I'm, I'm just not, I'm not, a, I'm not a drama Christian. Like, well, no, not really. Your scripture talks about how you're in a war. And we're going to talk about it a little bit next year where the scripture actually says that you need to be a person. If you're a Christ follower, it says daily you're called to put on spiritual armor. Uh, you don't put on spiritual armor to go through a walk in the park. <laughs> Are you with me? So if you think that like you can show up to the battle, oh, I'm a no drama Christian, excuse me, I'm just going to walk down the middle of this battle, this war that's waging between good and evil. Don't mind me, I'm just going to cut through here. You're going to be taken out. Are you with me? So if you can't get to a position where you understand like, I'm going to have to learn to respond in truth. And let me first say this, truth always has to be coupled in love. Truth and love, truth and love. It's never separate. Are you with me? Truth and love, truth and love, truth and love. And, and so as much as we want to preach boldness and intensity and uh, the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. And, and so there's all these scriptures that talk about we got to fight. But it's always truth and love together. They, they go the same. And so I'm encouraging you, you're going to have to, as boldness is rising, we need to stand up for some things and we need to be able to know what we're talking about and stand on truth and defend God's word. At the same time, love has to be coupled with that. And so this idea today I want to talk about is as, as persecution, if you want to use that word, as intensity is, 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 is gaining among Christians, what are you going to do with it? And so there's a couple of truths I want you to first understand. And uh, I'll say this, uh, my whole life, I was a church kid. I'm, you know, I grew up a church kid. And I heard my whole life, Jesus is coming back. He's coming back. You better get right. Don't watch The Simpsons. Jesus is coming back. You know, like, oh, God. <laughs> and, uh, and so my whole life, I heard that. But I'm telling you, we are living in the last days. Now, I'm not a last days preacher. I'm not, I'm not a like, oh, watch out. Jesus is coming. He's going to get you. You know, like, that's not me. But I'm telling you, we're living in a time. I would say it like this. And this will just kind of get you to see uh, a little bit of how I grew up um, in, in some of the irresponsibility I grew up in. Uh, how many of you have ever poured gasoline on a fire you were trying to light? I'm not talking about you did like a splash. I'm talking about you poured some gasoline on that fire. Right, good for you. And, uh, and you're pouring it on there. And, and I'm talking about the kind of fire that surprises you when you light it. I'm talking about the kind of fire that almost sets you on fire once you lit it. I'm telling you, we are living in a time with God right now that like the gasoline of the end times and God's outpouring has been dumped on this thing. 
And I'm telling you, heaven has flicked the match. I said match, not cigarette. That's how some of you light your fires. But uh, I said the, the match. And it's about to go boom. And I'm not talking about like a starts a cute little Duraflame fire in your kitchen. I'm talking about the boom. Are you with me? And so he's flicked, and it's about to happen, and I can't wait. I'm excited for it. I would say it like this, the, like the TNT stick, the dynamite of the end times when God talks about his outpouring and, 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 and sons and daughters will prophesy. And we're going to see signs and wonders, all this stuff. I'm telling you, the fuse is lit. We're about to get to the boom. Can I get an amen? Yeah. Sorry, I told you I wasn't going to preach. I'm teaching. Just a second. I'll get there. But I'm excited for it. We're getting there. It's going to be good. The scripture says, I know I've shared this with you before, but, I'm, but I'm, trying to, I'm trying to motivate you. I'm trying to encourage you. Facebook, I'm trying to keep you built up because things are crazy and we're getting tired and with a struggle. I said a couple weeks ago, if I could label people one thing, it would be that we're tired. We're tired of all these things. So I'm just coming in trying to shake you up and say, don't be tired. The statement that we use, that I use all the time is this. Uh, you'll never see an unscarred champion. There's nobody that makes it to the top and gets the belt and wins the medal and doesn't have a, a broken nose and some scars to show and cauliflower ears, if you know what I'm talking about. It's impossible to get to the top without getting a beat. Are you with me? So we're walking around. We're saying, man, I'm so tired. And I'm telling you, I am tired. <laughs> I'm telling you. Like, you should see my Amazon list. Like, I, like, I'm going crazy because I'm in such a battle right now. I'm buying neck massagers. I'm buying, like, oils to put in the bathtub just to, like, I, I don't know if I'm dying. Am I, who, what's the movie with the guy who ages? I'm him, I think. I'm just, like, gray hair. Am I almost dead? What's happening, you know? And so my Amazon list is, like, neck massage, all this, all this. You know, I used to go around the neighborhood and witness to, you know, those specific houses that kind of smell funny coming out of there. Instead of going over and witnessing my neighborhood, I go over and waft now. Just, I just, I just, I'm talking about like car exhaust. I like the smell of a good like car. Gosh, you guys, you and Bo get saved. Anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm saying it's, we live in crazy. We're all in this battle. We're, we're fighting. We're tired, but that's okay. Keep fighting. Like we're living in the end times. And the scripture says that God is, is shaking the nations in the end time. We all feel shook. And, and, and when, when, when things get shook, things get shook, stuff's falling everywhere, and we're all getting beat up, and stuff's going crazy, and you're like, oh my gosh, that was crazy. And he, but it's okay, because the scripture says God's shaking the nation, because he's going to give us our actual desire, which the scripture says is his glory. He's shaking things up because what's good and true and stable and truth, real, is coming to the top, and God's glory is going to fill this earth. Are you with me? Anybody believe in me today? I'll get to teaching in a second. <laughs> and so I'm just, I'm, hey, take your punches. Take, take, stand up for truth. God's doing great things. And it's good that you're tired. Keep plowing. Don't give up because the harvest will come. I'm actually going to preach on that coming up in a little bit. The scripture says that Gideon, he's hiding in a cave. And the word of the Lord comes to him and says, you're a warrior. He's a warrior. He's feeling like a wimp. He's hiding out in a cave. God says, you're a warrior. And the scripture says that he came out of that cave and he built a place of worship, but his enemy never left. They were still just as much there. And he said, I'm coming out of quarantine in the presence of my enemy and I'm going to worship. Can I get an amen? That's a whole nother thing. (laughs) So that one's coming sometime soon too, but I'm just here to tell you, we just keep fighting. We don't hide in caves. We keep coming out. We're going to take our punches. We're going to do our things, but we keep fighting because we're in a battle. We're in a battle. Ephesians 6, 12. This is what I want you to hear and know today. 
Many of us have heard the scripture, but we got to get this down in our souls, in our hearts, in our minds, in our spirits. We need to know that we know that we know that this is what we're facing. It says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against people. It's not against Republican, Democrat. It's not about colors of skin. It's not against flesh and blood. It's against rulers. It's against authorities. It's against powers of this dark world. It's against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. One translation says that we're in this battle of evil uh, of this day or of this time, meaning that the, the spiritual forces of evil, they're changing. It's morphing. It tries to present itself this way, and then it changes itself over time to be this way. That evil is always camouflaged. Camouf- I'm not a hunter. I don't know. The rest of you hunters. <laughs> it's always changing. It's always... And, and so it's saying, watch out. You got to be aware. You're in this spiritual battle. You know, the enemy, uh, the devil, that's what he is. He's the great deceiver. He, he's, he's the, he, he dupes us. He tricks us. He kind of messes with us. And, and so we think it's something, but then it's actually something else. Yeah. So it's a beware. There's this spiritual battle raging. You have to understand that it's more than just what you see. There's stuff behind it. Yeah. There's these principalities and powers. Some of you are like, what church did I come to today? You, hey, it's not going to be that crazy. We didn't bring the snakes today. You'll be fine. But <laughs> We've got to talk about this stuff because it says in these times we've got to be aware. Look, it wouldn't be ridiculous for me to put up on the screen right now of some things that happened in this world and be like, oh, this happened just this week. Look at this. And you wouldn't just go, oh, that, those were bad decisions. You would be like, that's evil because there is evil. Jesus spoke of Satan, the devil, as a being. He wasn't an idea. When he was in the garden and he was tempted and he's having conversation, he wasn't having it with an idea. It was with a being. And I believe those powers and principalities of evil are still trying to trick and deceive. How many know all the way back to the garden? The snake came in and said, has God really said? And it was trying to be cunning and cute and different and trying to get us deceived. That's what he does. He tries to dupe us and deceive us and trick us. And we can't fall for it. we got to be aware for what we're fighting. And there is such a battle raging in the spiritual realm right now. Such a battle raging. And I think when we think of uh, the spiritual realm, oh, there's this fight of good and evil up in heaven. We think that there's like a Tinkerbell battle up there. <laughs> but the heavenly realm, it is it if you could see it. Principalities and powers. And they influence things in our, in our culture and in our world. Yeah. So when you look at factions and identities and even world leaders and things that are trying to set themselves up, those are the principalities that the scripture is talking about. Yeah. We think it's cute little Tinkerbell over here, yeah. but it, you guys don't love this. That's okay. <laughs> We're in a war and we have got to stand up for truth. And so when you're threatened and people are pushing back on you, we've got to push back. Can I get an amen? Yeah. I've said this for the last several weeks now. Cute church is over. Yeah. If, if we, 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 we got all this cute church and we dress up our kids and we bless you, brother, bless you. And go see you at book study. Amen. Bless you. <laughs> no, we're in a war of principalities and power. And it's becoming more obvious to us as people that there are things being set up, not only against God's people, but just here on earth that we have got to push back against. Can I get an amen? amen. If you've ever been to Chicago, uh, like around Wrigley Field, 
there's the train that runs. And if you're trying to have a conversation uh, and then the train comes by, you just stop talking because it's like, you know, this loud train go by. You just wait for the thing. Uh, if you've ever been uh, to the Holy of Holies, Disney World, um, they have the monorail and it runs over the entrance of the Magic Kingdom. And, uh, and so you'd be talking and then here comes the monorail. And you're like, hold on a second. We've got to let it go by. And so I, I feel like that's part of what all of our just fatigue and fight, the head, like that, that spiritual battle above us right now is just so loud. It's just such a raging battle. And that's a good thing. Can I get an amen? But, but you can't just let it freeze you and pause you. We've we got to understand what it is, and we've got to keep fighting. I was telling Jess the other day, to, you know, I'm just telling you, it's been just such intensity. Uh, in, in the spirit, there's just so many things going on, uh, not, not, not just like what we're seeing in our country, but just in other things and agendas that are trying to be pushed and things that I'm reading and researching. And we'll talk about it a little bit here in a minute. This isn't even conspiracy theory stuff. This is just stuff just right out in the public for us to know. And there's just all this stuff going on. I'm telling just like, oh my gosh, I was, we were driving into work. I said, I said, here's what's happening. I said, we are either about to be in one of the greatest revivals I mean, what God's about to do, the breakout that we're about to see, I think sooner than even saying like next year, I'm talking now, what God is getting ready to do is going to be so amazing. It's just such biblical proportion of how God is lining everything up for an incredible move, or I'm a part of a cult, and I'm going to find out, <laughs> because I'm like praying with people in the middle of the night, 3 a.m., Facebook Lives, we're sending all this stuff to each other. I'm like, it's either going to be amazing and incredible, and it feel like we're a part of the Bible story, or I'm definitely a part of a cult. I'm not sure. We're going to see. I'm more on the uh, revival side of it. But John 10.10 gives us this this really interesting be aware moment. And it says this. It says, the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. Every time the enemy has a plan, it's to take you out. There is no middle. There's no like, hey, let's make a deal. Let's have a compromise. Maybe you can get something a little good for you, a little bit good for me. Maybe every time it's to steal, kill, and destroy you. So when he's a deceiver and a duper, and whenever he tries to pull a thing on you, it's to completely take you out, to steal from you, to kill you, to destroy you. What's he trying to steal? He's trying to steal what God created you for. What's he trying to kill? Kill your joy, your peace, all the things God promises you. What's he trying to destroy? Well, not only your life, but your eternal life. Are you with me? Yeah. And so every time it's a bad deal with the devil. And so, he, and so he's got to be slick because here's what the scripture says. It says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And it says that I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. But he calls him a thief because he wants us to understand the characteristic of the enemy, which is a good thief doesn't reveal himself. A thief doesn't show up to your house and go, hey, what's up? Um, I'm a thief, and I plan on robbing this house. Tell me where you keep your nice things. Tell me where the stuff is. Tell me how to... No, no, no. A thief would never reveal itself. And so the scripture is saying, watch out for the devil because it's never going to be obvious the way that he's working in your life. He's going he's to sneakily, if you'll let me use that word, come in and try to make it look like something, but it's really something set to destroy and kill you and steal from you. He never shows his identity. Do you know that the devil can't create? The scripture says that God created everything and called it good. He is the creator. All the devil can do is twist and manipulate. So that's why when God says, I've created man and woman, and he said it's good, then the enemy has to come in and he has to bring perversion and twist. Are you with me? 
When God says we don't have sex before marriage because this is the way to do it, then the enemy comes in and says, well, what about that? And then we see heartbreak. And dis- Are you with me? He twists what God called good, and it brings destruction. Are you with me? And so we have to be aware because he's not going to reveal himself the way that he does it. So be on guard. You're in a spiritual battle and you have a thief who's trying to steal and kill and destroy you. Watch out for it. Amen. And so he, he's always done a great job at twisting and manipulating and getting you to fall for something. And so we got to learn to respond. That's why he comes in and he twists things in our culture like abortion. Yeah. And we have up to 3,000 abortions a day. Do you know that we're on pace worldwide for almost 50 million abortions worldwide? And he does it in the twist of women's rights. Are you with me? And then we have pulpits and preachers going on conferences in, in, in video chats, saying things to each other, teaching each other, oh, you gotta be careful what you say. You don't wanna offend anybody. You can't talk about that kind of stuff in church. Yeah. 50 million unborn babies. Yeah. And we're saying things from the pulpit like, well, be careful. Yeah. No, no, no. When the enemy tries to threaten us yeah. with suppressing, you better suppress the truth or we're going to, yeah. we need to stand up for what is true. Can I get an amen? You need to be able to say, no, that's the enemy. <laughs> no, 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 devil. I, I don't care how, how slick and how cute and how smooth you need to try to tell me. Oh, don't talk about that because da, da, da. no, no, it's where you stand up for the truth. Can I get amen? Our culture just keeps falling for ridiculousness. Uh, I saw this week a little education for you here. Those that aren't social media savvy, uh, a trending topic means how frequently it's being talked about on social media. And so Twitter will rank Uh, how often the same phrase or topic is being talked about. And they'll give you up to the hour trends, the end of the day trends, and they'll give you a seven day trend. Harry Styles, which is a pop artist, singer in a boy band or wasn't a boy band. I'm not sure. I I listen to real music, like country music. Can I get an amen? Where they write and perform their own music still. It's not all digital beats. Can I get an amen? And don't even get me started on Dave Matthews' band. Writes their own music, performs their own music. With Anyway, where was I? I got caught up in the glory of the Dave Matthews band. So, yeah, good, good. Someone's like, he's going to talk about Harry Styles, so I'm going to remind him what he was about to do. Um, so seven-day trend, Harry Styles in this boy band. Apparently, he goes on some magazine cover dressed up in dresses. He's, he's a guy, and he, he's a celebrity guy, and he goes on it. He wears these dresses, and apparently all of the world thinks this is an amazing thing, and some of them think it's controversial, but I want you to just hear this. Worldwide, this topic was the third most trending topic for a week-long period, meaning the appetite of the world, the best thing we could find to talk about was this kid dressing up in dresses, and we felt like we needed to talk about it for seven days. Now, I'm not here to judge you if you're a Harry Styles fan. I really don't know much about him uh, and, and whatever, but I'm saying this. We are so deceived by the God of entertainment that for some reason, for an entire week, this guy lands as the third most talked about thing. Are you understand what I'm saying? And he comes in and we're, we're wooed by entertainment and we're wooed by living our own truth and we're wooed by being woke and all these things. Yeah. Instead of standing up for what God's called us to, they say that HBO 
I was listening to some of the producers talk about this show that they have coming out, and it's a show that documentary that shows uh, the transition of gender in young children. So it's these families who are transitioning their children uh, in their gender associations, or however you'd want to say it. And the HBO producers are saying, we know that this is going to be one of our highest, if not the highest, it's going to be the largest rated documentary we've ever had by far. And I'm sitting here just thinking like the enemy, steal, kill, and destroy the platform that's been given to something like this. Are you with me today? So the church has got to learn to stand up to things for the cause of righteousness and truth if we're ever going to see his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Well, they're... They're threatening me, and they're, they say I'm going to offend them, and I don't want to offend anybody. It's not worth it. You know, I'm a no-drama person, so I just don't say anything. Don't be lukewarm. Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. It is time for us to take our place as the church. Can I get an amen? amen? So the scripture gives us this really interesting story about how when Jesus was threatened, Jesus faces this threat. There's King Herod, many of you know the story of, of Jesus and King Herod. And we see King Herod is this guy who is responsible for the beheading of John the Baptist. So John the Baptist is what I just said. He was beheaded and it was at the hands of King Herod. But Jesus said about John the Baptist, he said that uh, John the Baptist, that there was none greater than John the Baptist. So of all the prophets, John the Baptist was a prophet. He proclaimed the word of the Lord. Jesus says about John the Baptist, there's none greater than John the Baptist. There's none greater. And King Herod is responsible for beheading him. The reason he wanted to behead him is because he was critical of his moral character. So you have, this is what's interesting. Herod was a governor under the Roman Empire. And he was a self-appointed king, meaning he wasn't actually a king. He just called himself a king, meaning he was a governor who exercised authorities he didn't even have. Oh, you! <laughs> I didn't say anything. <clears throat> now, now pause, because I know what you're all thinking, and I don't want to be in the paper. <laughs> Someone told me yesterday, Pastor, you know, if you get arrested for the stuff you've been saying, we can just make legacy offering to bail you out of jail each year. I'm like, yeah, that's cool for you guys, but I got to go to jail. <clears throat> but there's a spirit behind. Everybody's like, oh, he's such a crazy, like, demon chaser. I'm, I'm not. Actually, I kind of am now. But... <laughs> but I want you to see this spirit that says, I want to silence the voice of the prophet, behead it. And you see what he's about to do to Jesus. And it was from a place of political correctness. And so politically, I'm going to silence and wipe out God's agenda, religious freedom. Are you with me? We are facing the same spirit of political correctness. And the church has got to find its guts to stand up against it. We're being bullied by political correctness. We're being bullied by cancel culture, intimidation, harassment, manipulation. The offended outcry is running wild in America. There's media suppression that happens to religious freedom. 
I was just reading the other day uh, that where things are headed, if I as a church were to use a, a, a secular social media platform to say something like Jesus is the only way to heaven, which is what we believe, that would be considered hate speech and I would have my social media platform shut down. Now, let me pause and say this. I don't think we should all leave Facebook. I don't think we should all leave Twitter because I don't think we can just leave the dark in the dark. I still think we should be in those places, be in the light. I think that there's probably a level of balance you need to have, especially with your teenagers and your kids and things like that. So I don't want to see us all jump off those platforms and leave everybody in the dark. We're still called to be a light in darkness. Can I get an amen? amen. But it's not just political exaggeration when we say that religious freedoms are being censored. Yeah. It's not even being hidden that these things are coming. Are you understanding? Yeah. And so we, we as the church have got to learn to be able to stand up to things that are suppressing God's truth. It's like we talked about last week, arise, shine. How are you going to stand up and stand out? Amen. Because I think, again, if you're just going to decide to be neutral, I'm a no drama Christian, I'm going to walk down the middle, you're going to be taken out. That's why God said, look, lukewarm is not going to work. Hot or cold, you decide but we're not doing the middle. It's not going to work. Are you with me? And so King Herod, he's decapitated John the Baptist, and Jesus is going around casting out demons, performing signs and wonders, walking in the miraculous. And of course, Herod doesn't like that either. And so he actually takes the religious group, lets them know, the Pharisees know that, look, my intention is to kill Jesus. And we pick this up in Luke 13, 31. It says that some... at at that time, some Pharisees came to Jesus and said to him, leave this place and go somewhere else. Herod wants to kill you. Verse 32, oh, this is the best part. Jesus says, he replied, you go tell that fox. I will keep driving out demons and healing people today, tomorrow, in the third day until I reach my goal. This was an insult Jesus just did, as a matter of fact. So when people tell you to talk nice, you just remind them that Jesus said, <laughs> this is Jesus's way of saying, you go tell that stupid dummy idiot. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago when the preacher told you, we ain't going nowhere. We're be- this is Jesus. These are his words. They said, listen, you, 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 that, that religious stuff, the, the healing, the praying, the signs and wonders, the setting people free, the telling them that, that, that there's only one way to heaven by the name of Jesus, all that stuff, you take that somewhere else. And Jesus said, I ain't going nowhere. Yeah. You go tell that fox. Because back then for them in this culture, a fox would have been a dirty animal. So Jesus was like, hey, you go tell that fox. We're not going anywhere. Until this goal is complete, we ain't going nowhere. Are you with me today? I'm here to tell you that when political correctness tells you, hey, you need to go do that somewhere else, we need to tell that fox we ain't going nowhere in truth and love. Why are you laughing at me? It's like you don't believe me. (laughs) We ain't going nowhere. What are we going to do tomorrow? Pray for the sick, believe for signs and wonders. Are you with me? Speak up against evil spirits. That's what we're going to continue to do. Can I get an amen? The Pharisees were a type of people. The political correctness, oh, this is where I'm going to get in trouble. You guys ready for this? The political correctness spirit knew that it could manipulate a religious spirit. So they said, oh, if we can get the Pharisees to go over there and get our word out there, because here's what a Pharisee was. A Pharisee was somebody who knew the word but didn't live it. A Pharisee was somebody who knew the truth but didn't walk it out. 
if we're not careful, seasons like pandemics can cause us to be people who know God's truth and know God's way and know God's word, but we don't live it out. Because we're taking care of ourselves. We're being safe. And I'm for safety. I'm not anti-COVID. I understand all these things are real. But I also know that the enemy is tricky. And he's going to find ways to manipulate and deceive and suppress God's truth. And so if he can get us all to just get in this mindset of just lay back and be careful and shut in, and then we're going to be a people with knowledge and no action. Are you with me? We need truth and action. The political correctness spirit tried to run Jesus out of town, and he said he's not going anywhere. I'll continue to cast out demons. He said, go tell that fox. We need to be a church that knows how to respond to the threats of political correctness. I'll say it again. We need to be a church that knows how to respond to the threats of political correctness. Matthew chapter 23, verse 13 says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those who enter who are trying. Let me play with this for just a second. Woe to you, religious leaders, you hypocrites. You're opening the door and you're closing the door. You're opening the doors and you're closing the doors. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You're letting some in, you're letting some out. You're doing it, you're not doing it. What they were actually doing here is they were having all of these controlling conversations about who can have salvation and who can't have salvation. Oh, you're good enough and you're not good enough. And so basically they're weighing statistically, we can open the door. Statistically, we probably could. Yes, you're in. No, you're not in. Are you understand what I'm saying today? And so woe to you hypocrites. You're trying to govern the move of God. Are you understanding what I'm saying today? That spirit of Herod that's trying to control and lead, that partnered with the Pharisees, I believe is still trying to control and lead religious freedom in the hour that we live today. And, and I hope this is okay for you. I, I realize that this is deep and this is kind of not your normal church thing, but I'm, but I'm telling you the temperature of our time is that we need to be aware that there is a spirit that is trying to do something to the body. Can I get an amen? And we need to be aware of it. We need to continue to fight. John the Baptist, the prophetic word, he was the voice. He's the word of God. Jesus was the way, the salvation. And the political correctness spirit wanted none of that. This is the first time since Constantine that globally churches have been shut down. The enemy is just sitting back, sipping his tea, seeing churches shut down. I forget how I was talking to you this morning. And uh, on the way here, we were talking about, uh, they were talking about how on the way here you drive past. And this is not me throwing shade. Uh, I'm praying for every pastor and every church to, to walk in wisdom and to lead. Uh, but we're walking past, think about it, how many harvest fields are closed today? The lights aren't on. And, and, and I understand that the online experience is a thing, but I'm getting really discouraged when I continue to hear more and more ministers and pastors begin to partner with the conversation that says, online's working. Online, you know what? It's fine if we don't open up. It's fine if we don't get back together online. Look at our data. Look at our numbers. Look at our, our giving is still good. We're still making budget. That's not what God's called you to do. He, he, he didn't say when he launched the birth of the new church, he didn't, the New Testament church, and he filled us with the Holy Spirit. He didn't say, hey, make sure you all gather together online in one accord and I'll pour out. No, he said, go to an upper room and gather together in one accord. And there I will pour out. And it was the birth of the new church. 
So the intention isn't like, well, he didn't say, you know what, the New Testament church, if you can be a church that makes budget and you got good online engagement. And listen, for everybody watching online, I really, really respect and, 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 I, and I highly encourage you to continue to do what's best for your family. I know that there are so many people in so many different situations, but I'm talking bigger than COVID. Yeah. I'm talking after COVID. Yeah. If we allow ourselves to get into a culture of, oh, as long as this and this, yeah. because this can't be our new normal. This can't be our new level of, of gathering together. I'll say it like this. Could you imagine... If I said, hey, here's what we're going to do from now on. We're having online dinner. Like we're not gathering around the table anymore. We're not getting together anymore. Dinner's going to be done online. Some of you are like, that sounds amazing, actually. My kids like, no. And, 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 we, and we could all have dinner. We could all have dinner and it could be online and everybody would eat their food and everybody would talk through the computer. We would all have online dinner and, and we could all say it worked. We all ate and we all talked. But it, would it be the same as gathering around the table? Yeah. Of course not. Uh, what if I said, oh, you know what? Uh, all, all, all births, the birth of your firstborn. And I know some of us have missed or maybe had to do it. Military people have had to kind of do that over FaceTime or whatever. But imagine the birth of your child online. Oh, oh it worked. We had the baby and we said things to each other and it was amazing and you were inspired. And, but would it be the same as being in the room? Yeah. Of course not or weddings, or anything else like that. And so when we start to say as ministries, oh, that this is acceptable, and this is good enough, and it's working, I'm here to tell you it's not even close to the gathering together of people in one accord. Can I get an amen? And so, and and again, online, this is not at all saying you're getting less of experience. I'm trying to speak beyond some of the sneakiness that's trying to make its way into God's body. Uh, This might just turn into evening church. Hope you all brought a snack. (laughs) Uh, when the scripture says that in the last days I'm going to pour out my spirit and there's going to be signs and wonders and God's going to do all these things, God's also given us instruction to lay hands on the sick. And, 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 and there's prayer and there's conversation. I believe in the power and looking each other in the eye. Are you with me? And so we've got to protect the coming together and the gathering together of Christ's people. Can I get an amen? And so I believe, you know, that we got to watch out. He's, he's, he's tricky. He's better, better sneaky. <laughs> and we got to watch out. We got to watch out because it, it's going to sound smart and it's going to sound safe. And, and it's going to sound like, oh, a pa- pa- two week, two week. Okay. We can do two weeks. We can pause. Yeah. And then it becomes this and it becomes a habit. And it becomes a thing. Yeah. And we continue to turn down the temperature. Yeah. Uh, the first time. Uh, so the scripture says, uh, that he tells the Pharisees, you go tell that fox. Uh, and you're allowed to use that this week. You go tell that fox. <laughs> he said, go. He said, go. I looked it up in scripture. In the translation I looked up, there's 1,542 times that go is mentioned by God. Stay is mentioned 62 times. In the translation of stay is to be stagnant, lukewarm, passive, unproductive, or dormant. We could also call stay pausing. God isn't into pausing only 62 times. God is a God of going. God is a go into all the world and preach the gospel. Go lay hands on the sick. Are you with me? And see them recover. God is calling us to be a people who trust him and go. 
Could, could it be controversial? Could it be a little bit dramatic? Yes. How many times did God call people to go and they said, hey, you know, when you go along that path, that's the path that they're killing Christians. And they said, we're going anyway (laughs) because we won't be threatened. (laughs) We won't be. Anyway, God goes to have faith over fear. God calls us from glory to glory, faith to faith. And so God always wants us advancing. One of the, the really cool pictures of this is Abram. You would know him as Father Abraham. He had many sons. I'm one of them, so are you. <laughs> but God says, he's, so he's in this famine, the worst of the land, the scripture says. It's the worst it's ever been. He's in this famine. And God says to him, hey, I need you to leave this land uh, and go to a land that I've shown you. So transporting your livelihood and all this stuff in a time of famine just sounds crazy and there's uncertainty. And God gives him this promise Hey, in this uncertainty, if you'll be a person who trusts me in the go, he says, I'm going to bless your family. I'm going to make a covenant for nations and I'm going to bless your land. He actually went from a drought to being the most blessed person in the nation. If you read later in the scripture says, what's interesting about the story is God said, I'm going to bless your family. At the time he had no kids. You trust me to leave here, to go to here, no matter what it looks like. It opens up your eternity. It opens up your future. It opens up what God actually has for you. God has not called us to to pause. God has not called us to to sit. God has called us to be a people who go even when we can't see it. Can I get an amen? Take ground. Keep praying. Keep pressing. God is on the move. Can I get an amen? I'll close with this. They told Jesus, uh, you better stop. You better stop this better pause it. You better shut this down. Get this out of here or we'll kill you. Now, they might not necessarily say to you and me and those who are standing up for the truth, they might not necessarily say to you, uh, we're going to kill you. But it's not too far away that you might hear things where it's, you need to stop praying for the sick, casting out demons, setting people free, bringing about something. You better stop doing that or we'll find you. Are you, are you with me? Uh, I'm telling you, in China, uh, the fines and the penalties and the arrests, I mean, like, I'm not talking about, like, some conspiracy theory way out of the, like, never seen before. I'm talking about it already exists. And I'm telling you, I already talked about it on social media. I know some of the things that, that, that want to get put against the church and religious freedoms, and I can't get into all this right now, but again, coming down to if I just proclaim that there's one way to heaven, it could be hate speech. And so they might not necessarily come to try to kill us, but they could fine us. If there's certain things that we continue to walk in or do or not do, they might try to restrict travel. And I'm not an anti-government guy. Look, I don't want to land on a list, okay? I mean, my phone is listening. I'm already on the list. I'm already on the list. But there might things, when you stand up for religious freedom, when you stand up for God's truth and God's word, it might hinder your ability to get jobs. It might hinder our church's ability to keep a 501c3 nonprofit status. But they can threaten me. But I'll tell that fox, we ain't going nowhere. (laughs) Political, Political, Christian political incorrectness. That should be our new shirts. (laughs) Political Christian incorrectness is nothing new. Christians have stood up for truth 
and it's cost them greatly way before any of this. Neros, when he was a leader, he would throw his garden parties, and the way he would light those parties for night was by Christians he was burning at the stake. People he set on fire to light his party. So, so we're not there yet. Amen. Amen. Paul's imprisonment, as I talked about before, all of your, much of your New Testament, much of what we stand on and walk in today is because Paul stood up to the fox and stood with truth and it got him thrown in prisons. Christ's crucifixion was because he was somebody who told the fox, we're not going anywhere. Are you with me? You have one job. I want you to hear this. You have one job, one assignment, one call, one purpose, and it's to stand up for truth. You're not called to stand up for Republicans. You're not called to stand up for Democrats. You're not even called to stand up for the color of your skin. Are you with me? We, We find our identities in all of these things your upbringing, your education, all of the things that you, you want to stand up for. We're called to stand up for truth Amen. and righteousness. And the scripture promises us if we seek first righteousness, everything else gets added unto us. Everything else comes into an alignment with what God created it to be. Can I get an amen? John chapter 8 verse 32 says this, Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Friends, Facebook, everybody who hears this, listen. If you have the truth, you have freedom. Amen. doesn't matter if they're threatening you, persecuting you, lying about you, talking about you, calling you bigot, calling you hater, calling you all these things. If you have the truth, you will have freedom. Amen. How can Paul sit in a jail and be so used by God? Because he was free in jail. Think about that. He was free in jail because he has truth. He has the truth. It's crazy and we're fighting. We're going to get our nose broke and we're going to do all the kind of things, but we're going to be free when we do it. Can I get an amen? Next week, I need you to come with war pain. Say, freedom. (laughs) But we got the truth. Therefore, we have freedom and nothing can stop us. Amen. I hope when we look back at 2020, we won't say, oh, that's the year of COVID. We'll say, oh, that's the year that the church learned how to stand up for some truth. Can I get an amen? Let me pray for us and then we'll, we'll jump out of here. God, we love you so much. We're so grateful for your word and your truth. God, I thank you. It's bringing freedom even now. God, we just proclaim over every spiritual battle, God, truth is here and it's setting people free we pray against the lies of addiction and we tell that fox to flee we pray that freedom comes over every addiction right now in Jesus name we pray that truth be found in every insecurity in Jesus' name. Freedom come in every captive bound by insecurity. Every unforgiveness, we pray freedom and truth into right now in Jesus' name. God, every lie, 
and everything that sets itself up against God's people and God's plan and God's work, we bind in Jesus' name. We pray that truth will ring in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody say amen.